Hey there, welcome to the show and happy Sunday. Well, I don't know how many of you are out looking at real estate right now. Maybe you're just kind of cruising around getting some of your seasonal shopping out of the way, but lots going on in the world of real estate as we do every single week. We've got lots to talk about. And by the way, just so you know, my two guests joining me this hour, Dave Butler from BM Select, course you know Dave he is regular on the show and somebody I haven't had join me in a little while Frank Leo you'll always hear Frank's commercials but more importantly you'll see Frank's sold signs so I'm gonna have Frank join me in a little while we're gonna talk about uh, just kind of a roundup for 2021 and potentially what is gonna happen in 2022 you know this is this is the time of year where people start thinking uh, you know am I going to move next year am I going to invest in real estate and you know we talk about these things all the time and the reason why i bring it up right now is because coming up on thursday january the 6th in the new year 2022 at 7 p.m you can uh, join me for my simple real estate investment webinar and uh, it's gonna be at 7 p.m you can go to the simpleinvestor.com to register uh, i do have a special announcement that night i will be talking about a new release uh, that we've got. And the only way you can get the information is from that webinar. And uh, I'm really excited about it. In fact, I was just there the other day and I, I can't believe how amazing this development is. So I'm very, very excited to talk about it. I'm not going to say too much more, but I can tell you uh, it's pretty incredible. So uh, make sure you join us. That is Thursday, January the 6th in the new year. You never know, you know, a lot of people turn around and you know, it may be that you're going, you know, want to lose 25 pounds, you know, a bunch of people are joining some gyms or, you know, people are thinking that they're going to plan a couple of vacations, but why not put, you know, owning an investment property as one of your goals? And uh, if you don't already own one, maybe it's a good one to set for 2022. You know, interest rates are going to move a little, but I got to tell you, based on the interest rates and where they can go, uh, you're still going to have positive cash flow in the right marketplaces, and we always are looking for those for everybody. And I will be keeping you up to date on what the different marketplaces are looking like uh, throughout the year, as I do. And right now, either east or west of the GTA, still very strong. And the good thing is, is that the rental market is very, very strong. Vacancies are low. And so if people are looking at becoming real estate investors, now is probably going to be a good time. I, I really don't see that part of the market stalling out. I know a lot of people are upset because they're trying to buy their own house to live in. And I know the prices have been getting a little bit crazy uh, here in the GTA. So speaking of crazy, yeah, numbers up in November, uh, pretty much right across the board, you know, prices are up. In fact, Montreal is having a huge increase year over year, 21%. You know, that's a big number. And as I mentioned, you know, people are calling that a bubble market. And you got to be careful when people start screaming bubble because normally what that does is it pushes people over the edge. But, you know, uh, I saw something uh, this week that I got to tell you, I think it's over the edge. I don't know what your, your take will be on it. But the fact that Berlin voted to seize homes from corporate landowners and somebody actually threw, this was in the Toronto Star, they turned around and said, should Toronto do the same to make housing cheaper? And I thought to myself, okay, you know, I, I'll, I'll let, I'll let people do their headlines. I'll let people, you know, you know, babble on, you know, most of these people have never even set foot in the arena of real estate. And yet to start making that kind of analogy and saying, should Toronto do it is absolutely dictatorship at its finest. 
And I would caution anybody from even considering this, you know, stealing from a corporation land or buildings to accommodate the need and the need is a want. Um, you know, everybody needs a place to, to, to call home. Everybody needs a roof over their head, but you can rent it or buy it. So if you have to rent it, then so be it. But there's a lot of people are sitting there saying, you know, it's the big greedy landlords. And I got to tell you, it's not because the big greedy landlords are the ones that own the big buildings. And you can go buy a brand new condo if you want. And, and you can actually buy, you know, the funny thing is, and this is one of the reasons why, you know, I kind of get off on these tangents, but we take a look at a lot of the older buildings around Toronto. They're still affordable, but people don't want them because the maintenance fees are a little bit higher or it doesn't have the fancy amenities that everybody wants, or it's not a walk to the downtown core. You know, so you do pay for Park Place and Boardwalk when you play the game of Monopoly. And I think people have to realize that sometimes those outer markets, those Marvin Gardens of the world, they're the best deal. Now, I'm not going to give away my, my Monopoly secrets when I play the game, but you never win if you own Boardwalk, by the way. Um, it's a lot better to own the little stuff, the little outer market stuff, because that's where you're going to land most of the time. So anyways, that's that's my hint for the Monopoly game. And I just thought I'd share that with you because, you know, coming into the Christmas season, I always think that, you know, families get together. And I can remember the first Monopoly game I ever got. I was a kid and I became so fixated on it. I, I think it was probably about four years old and five years old. My parents started playing it. And all of a sudden that was it. I, you know, I had to take down all my friends. I had to take down every adult I wanted to get involved and it just became this obsession and i guess that's where i am today i'm still obsessed with real estate in all fashions but uh you know i just thought i'd share that with you because it's kind of funny you know when when you see somebody that's you know really getting into the game and they take it really seriously you know i always think oh maybe they're going to be you know a, a big land landowner in the future you never know so lots uh you know lots of fun in those kind of games and i think it's great for kids to learn and they have changed the rules a little you can start doing mortgages and things like that so you really want to take a look at what is going to happen in the future with your kids but when we talk about interest rates in the future, this is the one that I think everybody's starting to get a little bit nervous and antsy about because we're saying that Canadians are so far in debt right now. And so we talk about the mortgage debt service ratios, you know, these TDS and, and um, GDS ratios that people have to qualify for. Now, as, as a reminder, and I know everybody knows this, but, you know, we did have to deal with the stress tests in the past and you still do. Uh, when you want to buy something, you have to deal with a stress test, which means you have to qualify for a higher interest rate. That interest rate's kind of bordering around 4.5%. I can assure you right now, your mortgages, even with some threats of increases, are going to be nowhere near that for the next couple of years. They just can't do it. That would completely collapse everything. So, you know, I still think that the pressure valve is there for us. I think the bank has done you know, and, and, and I don't always say this, but I think they've done a decent job navigating through COVID by leaving the stress test in place. I know there was a lot of professionals out there saying we need to adjust it. Uh, quite frankly, I think that would have just opened up the floodgates even more and we would have less inventory to accommodate it. So we'd have more pressure on prices. So the idea of the stress test being in place, I think, is actually a good thing. You know, have you have you thought about it yourself? You know, do you do you like the idea of having to qualify for more? I know a lot of people don't, but the fact is, is it is still keeping us, I would say, more safe than our you know our southern neighbors there who really didn't have much of a stress test, 
really they were kind of on the Wild West when they were playing with mortgages, and that's why they got themselves in trouble in 2008. And we definitely don't want to see that happening anytime soon. So when when we start talking about the government and they want to create an affordability tax uh, task force for people, um, you know, they still want to target, you know, again, we're going to call them speculators, but it's really investors, and they're targeting speculators right now, saying that they're the ones driving the market. And it was funny because when uh, when somebody came out with a report the other week, they said 25% of all transactions are being bought up by real estate investors. Well, here's the thing. We've got more people that are renting. So where are we going to put them if we don't have a real estate investor owning the property? You know, it's kind of that you know chicken and egg. If you don't have the real estate investor, you probably won't have the property. If you need to, to rent something, you got to have the real estate investor. So these are the kind of things that we start seeing. But uh, when we start start talking about some of the new developments, some pretty big stuff being built out there. I don't know if you've been through the core of the downtown recently, but we are going to see some really, really tall buildings. In fact, they're they're going to be pushing the limits as they usually do, and to the point where you know I just I just don't know if we can keep up with this density in the core. So this is why a lot of people are saying not my backyard, but. Right now, the government is trying to allocate, you know, developers, if you're going to get some building permits, you're going to have to build so much of, we will call it affordable housing, not low income, but affordable housing. And there are some developers that are pushing back because it really does cut into their profit. And they are looking at segregating the actual entranceways into some of these. So, you know, how would you feel? Um, you know, if you're if if you're somebody that's you know got to live in an environment like this, do you feel like you it's okay for you to be you know excluded from the rest of the building? And would you be a condo buyer if you had that aspect in in your building? You know, th- this is where you know I think it, we're going to have a tough time convincing both you know both parties to be, to partake in it so i'm not sure what we're going to do with that but definitely there's going to have to be some more uh, thought put in it because we're not seeing what we need obviously for supply and i don't know how the government's going to handle it i really don't i don't think that they've got a solution you know i've been on air for the last few weeks with some of the different hosts talking about this you know, and I know most of you are getting tired of me saying, uh, you know, and we could just rewind this. You know, we could, you know, I, I was going to ask Ian, my uh, Ian Grant, my producer, to turn around, and put us in a time capsule, and we'll go back. You know, for the last seven years, and I'm pretty sure in the last seven years, about every second week, I'm talking about an inventory problem, and quite frankly, I think that that's going to be the case probably for the next ten years. And who knows if I'm going to keep doing it for the next 10 years. But quite frankly, I still think that this is going to be our biggest problem that we have. It's not, it's not the speculators. It's not the investors. It's the fact is that we just don't have the inventory. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, uh, if you want, you can join me on January the 6th. That's a Thursday, 7 p.m. in the new year for my Simple Real Estate Investment Webinar. And I am going to talk about the markets that are going to be strong uh, through 2022. I am going to talk about the interest rates and what the effect it's going to have on investors as well. And of course, we've got a new release that I'm very excited about. And you don't want to miss that. The only opportunity you're going to find out about it is during my webinar. And by the way, if you're not following me already, you can. uh, The Simple Investor One. And um, when we come back, we're going to have Dave Butler from BM Select join us. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. 
And welcome back. As I mentioned just before the break, that's right. Dave Butler from BM Select is joining me now from his mobile mor- mortgage car, I believe. Hey, Dave, how are you? <laughs> how you doing, Todd? Thank you very much. Uh, I hope you pulled over to the side, Dave. We don't want anybody, you know, thinking that you're losing your mind while you're driving. So hopefully you're safe. And uh, look, great to have you back. Um, you know, one of the things that I'd promised you uh, a little while ago, I wanted you to give me a recap. And you know what? We're, we're, we're pretty much there. You know, only a couple of weeks left of the year. And I just want to get your perspective on 2021. Wow, what a year. I mean, uh, obviously, at the end of the year, when we do the tick for tick, uh, the volume is going to be the highest that we've ever seen all time. Units are going to be the highest we've ever seen all time. Um, and it looks like we're closing strong uh, a lot. I've, I'm, I'm back to seeing quite a few bidding wars for uh, the purchases that have been coming in. So it's uh, there is a little little uh eerie reminiscence of of the end of last year when things were going crazy but not as much but certainly ending off on a bang and what a year i mean i've, I've never seen activity like this in 20 years of being a mortgage broker you know one of the things i did want to talk to you about because um you know it, it seems like it's gaining steam a lot of people are worried about interest rates you know a lot of threats almost it's like so many people keep talking about you know, oh, uh, you know, we're over leveraged this and that. And I keep I, I keep reminding people and maybe you can, you know, you know, back me up on this. But everybody forget the stress test all of a sudden, like, you know, the idea that interest rates could go up, but your bank didn't qualify you unless you could get get through the stress test. I mean, that's 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 a that's a key point to always keep in mind is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a bank can to increase the prime is likely not to do anything to the stress test, which means Canadians will continue to qualify for the exact same uh, exact same numbers that they're qualifying for now. Um, the issue, obviously, that that I'm looking at that a lot of people are focusing on interest rates is, you know, if it does go up a quarter percent, what's that really going to do anyways? Right. So uh, I, I think I think what's interesting is uh, is, is that uh, a quarter point doesn't do much in terms of the grand scheme of things. And as far as the qualifying rate, it actually does absolutely nothing. So. You know, again, I I think, and maybe, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that when the government starts leaking out these subtitles getting out there, I think they're trying to soften the market ahead of time. In fact, you know, you and I have been talking for the entire year about the lack of inventory. You know, there's some kind of bizarre measures that people are, are, are taking to the point where, you know, I, I saw an article in the Star that said, you know, Berlin thinks that they should be taking back some of the big commercial owners' property and giving them away to other people that, could, that you know, can't afford it. I, I mean, like, these suggestions are getting ludicrous. Have you heard, like, anything that that crazy out of the marketplace? I mean, again, we keep saying inventory, right? But, I mean, come on, we're going to start taking people saying, no, no, you, Dave, you own too many properties. I'm going to take four of them from you. And, well, these guys can't afford them, so I'm going to give them to them. Listen, I, I, I got it. I got it. And a lot of these years that I've watched these real estate bears get crushed with their predictions and with everything else, it does not surprise me that we're seeing some of this it just insanely bearish articles. Uh, it's just, you know, I, 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 I'm not a lot of this bull bear kind of guy in the real estate market, but geez, it does seem like the people that are bearish are just starting to jump onto some of the most, um, you know, ludicrous, far out there ideas as to how to curb this. I think we're, we just have to let the market continue to play itself out. 
markets will eventually find an equilibrium. Um, but I think until we keep focusing on and, and, and look at how we can fix the supply issue, I still don't know what the government's going to do. A couple raises in prime rate is not going to have much of an effect on anything, in my opinion, uh, in terms of affordability, because as you have quickly pointed out and, and, and accurately pointed out, the stress test will likely not change. So, again, I, I, I think we're going to see a lot more craziness as the market continues to do what the market's going to do. I wouldn't be surprised to continue seeing some insane ideas floated out there, uh, because if you can't, if interest rates aren't going to move it and so you're not going to work on the supply issue, then you're going to start throwing out and hearing some craziness. So. You know, it's interesting because Tr- the city of Toronto wanted um, or, or were allowing uh, laneway houses to be built, Dave, to add to basically the rental inventory and very, very little uptick on that. You know, I was on a show regarding this. And one of the main reasons why, of course, is the fact that they're not cheap to build. We've got we've got problems getting, you know, material and the, we've got a labor shortage. And it was interesting because, you know, there was a few few people that would turn around. They ended up putting home lines of credit on their houses to build their little laneway houses. But we're talking, you know, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars to build something like this. Have you have you had to do any financing on any of these or is it just kind of because it's really not? I I think it's kind of falling with a dud like some of the other government suggestions. Yeah, I I think we we personally haven't seen a lot of that. I mean, if if anything, people will shy away from these government programs and actually go and use equity from other homes. We've actually noticed that a lot uh, where, you know, some of these programs exist, but they're just so convoluted. They're very difficult. A lot of people don't even understand them, nor do the people that are implementing them seem to understand them a lot. So a lot more, a lot more situations are present where people are actually just taking equity out of their home, other homes and using that as funding money for some of these projects. But um, again, I, I just think it's funny how all these were, were, were the focus that the government seems to have is on a lot of these exterior outlier kind of programs where in reality we should just be really trying to figure out how to fix the true supply issue and and not not laneway homes and, and all these other things i just think it's interesting that the government is the first to blame real estate agents and mortgage brokers for how the market's gone where it's gone but yet all we're doing is we're just players in the game that they're they're opening so well and this is you know let, let's let's talk about that for a second because again we're going to deviate a little from mortgages but we're going to talk because i mean you're you're well-rounded in the real estate world the fact that you know there's a lot of that transparency you mentioned multiple offers you know a lot of people are saying that they are not conducted fairly you know and that the seller should in certain ways be forced to sell it one way meaning that they've been talking about auctions they've actually turned around and there there has been suggestions where they want it to be illegal to go to multiple offer you know being closed where it's only the seller knowing what's going on you know, Dave, this is this is really going to muddy the world of real estate. As you mentioned, like a lot of people will blame realtors and mortgage specialists and, you know, mortgage brokers. And, and my problem with that is, you know, and, and a lot of people are going to jump up and say, well, you and I, you know, Todd and Dave, of course, you guys are going to support, you know, it, it being this way because you guys make money from it. Um, but that doesn't represent the person that, you know, we're supposed to take care of. Most important person is whoever you've got any kind of agency or, any you know fiduciary duty to is who you have to protect it doesn't matter what you or i get you know remunerated but a lot of people are missing this entire transaction what's your take on it uh i i think it's interesting that you know as we allow a free market to exist and then when things don't go the way that certain people want 
they quickly want to try to limit things, take us out of a free market, put us into something, you know, again, uh, one of these convoluted programs or something to try to do. I, I think at the end of the day, you know, if anything, there can be uh, different levels of trying to enforce fiduciary duty. I, I'm, I'm all for that. I, I'm a big proponent of making sure things are done the right way. The consumer is protected. Um, but we also, when we look at that, a part of the consumer as well is the seller. And I think that if we're going to start making concessions where we're putting, uh, you know, other sides of transactions into better positions, I don't necessarily see how that is the free market. And I just personally, as a Canadian, do not agree with it. Yeah, and, and like I said, I think I think this year, twenty twenty one's been a real eye opener because we've you know we've seen the the market heat up, but we've seen more people voice their I would say voice a negative opinion, and and it's not just here in the GTA or for that matter in Ontario or just Canada. We're seeing more and more of this conversation around the world where there are multiple offers being conducted in virtually every marketplace in the world. Yeah, this is not just a Canadian thing. I mean, I, I, I've been seeing reports about how now the big, the big, the big new news is that they're blaming investors for for blaming real estate investors for propping the market up, saying that now real estate investors comprise twenty five percent of the overall uh, market in Canada. Um, you know. Uh, what I don't understand is that's simply the answer to a mathematical situation. That situation is when you have low rates like you do, you've got no supply. You know, it, it would actually be uh, shocking to see that investors wouldn't go and clamor to something like that, where cash flow is now going to be even beefed up more. Um, so, yeah, I think when you've got low interest rates generally worldwide, this is not just going to be a particular problem here in Canada. This is going to be in segments of the United States. It's going to be in Europe, all over the world. Um, low interest rates and, and, and low supply does that. And obviously with COVID and the lockdowns and everything else, supply pr- previously constrained already was now even more constrained to be, to be put out on the open market. So uh, I think we're going to continue to see this until the problems are solved, until governments step up and actually attack the real problem which is a combination of supply and monetary policy, I think we could continue to see what we're seeing now. And it's going to be interesting to see how the market plays out in 2022 because it is starting off and looking like it's going to start off pretty hot unless there are any changes that the government makes. And unfortunately for you and I, uh, I think that's potentially what we may see is we may see uh, you know, the, the politicians and the government start to fall under some of this pressure that they're getting and actually look at maybe changing some of the mortgage policies. But I do believe that would be a grave error. They've done everything they can, as you know, over the years to try to curb mortgage oh, lending. And so they still haven't done it. So what we're going to do, Dave, we're going to go with a quick break. But when we come back, folks, we've got more with Dave Butler from PM Select. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, my guest right now is Dave Butler from PM Select. He is the specialist that I he's my go to person always when it comes down to mortgages. And Dave, just before the break, obviously, we're talking about that, you know, our situation here with lack of inventory, low interest rates, it's not Canadian specific, it's worldwide. But of course, coming into the holiday season, you know, I think we've got a worldwide problem. And I'd love your opinion on this, because if anybody has purchased a home for that's going to close in the next six months, I would be very, very careful with how much you crank up your credit cards or, for that matter, your credit line. Would you agree? 
Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're looking to purchase a home uh, or you have one closing soon, you know, the one thing you have to have to remember is there is a thing called the total debt service ratio. It's called the TDS ratio in the mortgage world. And there are limits to that. And that ratio and why we bring it up is because it's tied to your other debt, not just the debt you're going to take on with the new mortgage that you're taking. So if you are racking up your credit cards, you need to understand that for every $10,000 worth of debt that you have on a credit card, the bank is using $300 a month for that 10,000 in debt. So that is going against your purchasing power. And that's not necessarily something that you want to have maxed out while you're in the middle of trying to purchase real estate in the midst of where pricing is obviously on the higher side. And uh, so you're going to need that pre-approval for as high as high as you can get. So ultimately always understand, you know, you can use the credit cards. That's fine. But if you are looking at purchasing a home, you definitely want to try to attack that balance, get it down before you're looking to pre-qualify because otherwise it will have an effect on how much you can purchase. So what if, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, let's say you do your qualification, you're 120 days out, everything's good. Um, and then you turn around two months out before you're closing, you turn around, you buy a car, you know, you got a lease payment, things like that. Um, does that have an adverse effect? Like, will, will the bank pull your credit again prior to closing? Well, that's the thing. There are situations where the bank may or may not pull your credit after you've been approved. Um, depends on how long you've been approved for, meaning if you have an approval that you got, say, and you're closing 120 days out, that allows the bank more of an opportunity to decide if they want to run your credit again before. Typically, it's not something that they do, but what we're finding a lot recently is that there are changes to people's applications, right? If you are already approved and you now go and maybe change your jobs in the, mil- in, in the middle of that or your job cuts your hours back, that actually now needs to be re-underwritten. The bank will then rerun your credit. So you just have to be very mindful. Make sure you're speaking to your mortgage broker. Make sure your mortgage broker knows everything. They are professionals. They are there to guide you. And that's just something that you would want to, I as the mortgage broker, want to know every aspect of my client's life before they actually close the deal. Because I do want to be able to give them the information they need to ensure that they're going to close on time. Getting a car loan rate before your purchase might sound good because you want to get it all done at the same time, but you really want to make sure with your mortgage broker that that's something that will work within your application if, in fact, the bank wants to pull your credit. Yeah, and that that's that's one of those things. You know, I want, I want to be able to give our listeners some best practices. And folks, if you're just tuning in, Dave Butler from BM Select is with me right now. And, you know, just trying to – Dave, I'm just trying to pick your brain here at the end of the year so that we can give – you know, people the best shot in 2022. I believe 2022 is going to be a very good year for real estate, more so, of course, and not just because I'm the simple investor, but I believe it's going to be a good investment year. We're watching, you know, we're watching inventory drop even in the rental market. You know, we know that people have to live somewhere. You know, interest rates will stay, I would say, historically low, even with a quarter point or a half a point bump this year, you know, coming into 2022. I still, I still believe that we've got affordability in this marketplace. And I know a lot of people are just, you know, again, they're quick to say, well, you guys are just looking out for yourselves. We don't do that here. You know, the biggest thing that we do on this show is just try to educate and let people know what is going on in the market. And Dave, when I take a look at the numbers at 2022 and what is going to happen in the marketplace, I still see, you know, we're going to run an inventory shortage, both for buying and renting. And I believe that based on the numbers out there, there's still a lot of potential. 
uh, there's there's no quick fix on the horizon in terms of uh, somehow price looking to drop quickly. Uh, I don't see it, and supply issues are certainly not going to back that up. But you know, again, we I think we need to be cautious of the bank of the banks, uh, the government making some impulsive moves. We should definitely keep our eye on that. And that kind of goes to what we were talking about earlier with uh, credit card debt. One of the things that we should really look out for going into the new year is if you have accumulated some debt throughout the year, we all know the price of things are getting higher um, you know, at the current time. So if you've accumulated a good amount of debt and you know you've also at the same time uh, increase your equity in your home, certainly, you know, speak to your banker, speak to your mortgage broker about possibly wrapping that debt up into your mortgage. Uh, you know, again, with historically low rates, as you're speaking to, in which we don't see really a, a massive increase on the on the horizon here, um, it really does make sense to evaluate your personal finances, make sure that any big debts you have, any bad debt, as I call it, you know, 25% credit card debt, where it's in a big chunk, say 20, 20 grand or higher, Definitely want to look at potentially, is there a way where we can get that into your mortgage, really go from 25% to maybe one and a half percent and actually really look at some huge savings. I've seen a lot of Canadians really um, have themselves into a struggle until they've realized, wait a second. Yeah, I've accumulated all this debt, but ultimately the houses, the house prices have gone up. My value of my home is more speaking to a representative, finding out if it makes sense for you to include that in your mortgage. Is this something I think we should all be looking forward to to 2022? Yeah. You know, and, and when we, when we take a look at the new year, you know, as I, as I said earlier, you know, we've got the, we've got been put on the radar, no matter what, and we know interest rates will go up, but Dave, you know, we've, we've got this situation with, you know, different variants coming out, you know, we're watching, you know, travel being adjusted again, you know, if we were to, to pull back into a lockdown again, do you think that's going to have much of an adverse effect into the real estate market? I mean, I think technology is really showing that we can, you know, work with with whatever's, you know, given to us. But do you think we'll see any kind of pullback in pricing? I personally don't see it. I mean, I, I, I like to use body of work as generally the way that I make my decisions. And the last couple of lockdowns, actually, if anything, um, I think we saw spikes in real estate activity because as people are locked down they're sitting in their home as you said the real estate world was certainly one that quickly adapted to the new technology that was available in post pandemic and uh, i certainly don't see it uh, having any really adverse effect i mean I, again I, I always look at past um, and i try to use that as uh, an indicator of what would happen in the future and certainly uh, these past lockdowns had zero effect in terms of uh, hurting at least the last couple lockdowns had zero effect in terms of curbing any of the real estate activity. And if anything, I think it actually created more of an appetite because people have more time to sit and figure these things out. And they're seeing their friends doing well and they're seeing their coworkers doing well. And uh, again, when you've got that type of information flowing and you've got nothing to do sometimes but sit there and read it and digest it, it will make you take action. And that's just the way I think it would go. So um, during our last webinar, you actually gave us some fabulous slides. Um, you know, I, I, I thank you again for them. So folks, uh, BM Select uh, provided us with basically the criteria for most of the lenders when you are being a real estate investor. Dave, you know, quickly, I don't know if you can give me a quick summary, but you know, a lot of people are looking at owning multiple investment properties, but there's some of the lenders that are struggling. What do people do when they own five investment properties and maybe want to go to six or seven? 
Well, you, you definitely want to be working with a company that understands the complete landscape. You know, and as we've talked about before, Todd, as, and as you're mentioning, there are a lot of lenders that will cap you at a certain amount of properties when you are looking to in, increase your portfolio. So obviously what you want to do is make sure that you've got someone working on your behalf that knows the different lenders, knows the underwriting landscape there, because as we said, there are few lenders that will actually allow you to continue to accumulate. So what you want to do as an investor, if you are having your eye on the prize and looking to get as many rental properties as possible and maximize your purchasing power, you definitely want to know which lenders are the ones to use at the beginning, which ones are the ones you want to use in the middle, and which ones are the ones you want to use at the end. Because if you don't do it in the right order, you can find yourself being capped out way earlier than a peer of yours, another investor peer. So again, just very, very key. A lot of people think that all the banks are the same. And I think that is definitely a misnomer and something you don't want to go off. Every single bank is inherently different on how they treat rental properties. So uh, very, very, very important in understanding that. Great. And Dave, best way for our, our uh, listeners to reach out to you? They can certainly give us our office a call. We're at one 684 8326 or they can send us an email. Our email address is info at bmselect.ca. And as always, Todd, it's been an amazing year. I really appreciate everything that you've done for our team. And we always love working with your listeners and with your Simple Investor crew. It's just been fantastic. 2021 has been great. And, and BM Select is looking forward to, uh, to working with you and being on the show a lot more in 2022. Excellent. Well, listen, Dave, always a pleasure wishing you and your family, your entire team, all the best. You know, happy holidays and uh, an incredible 2022. And uh, folks, when we come back, I've got Frank Leo joining me. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. As I mentioned, my next guest, he's definitely no stranger to this show. He's no uh, stranger to any of the real estate shows that, uh, you know, circulate throughout the GTA. Frank Leo, um, you know what? I've told you numerous times, if there's somebody I'm going to recommend, it's going to be Frank. And I always go to him to find out what's going on in the market. And Frank, uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, Todd. Always a pleasure. And I, I got to tell you, you and I haven't spoken in a little while. I know, I know you've been real busy this year. I, you know, we've been real busy, but maybe you can give us just, you know, since we're winding down the year, maybe you can give us a, just kind of a little bit of an overview of how you see 2021 going into the record books. Well, you know, what happened in 2021 is that real estate became the investment of choice. There's nowhere else you can put your money in that you felt comfortable and safe. You know, the interest rates are very low. You don't want to keep it in the bank. Stock market, of course, is always volatile. So real estate has become a, an excellent store of value above anything else. When, when you say that, you know, um, when you and I were talking, because, you know, we have talked through the pandemic, and one of the things I think that people recognized going through all this, Frank, was the necessity to have a roof over your head. But, you know, I think, I think people really started to get more feels for real estate, you know, the idea of having ownership. And as you said, security has been huge. You know, a lot of people are talking, you know, that the real estate market is tight because of speculators. But, you know, you are front and center. I don't think people are buying to flip. I think people are buying to hold at this point. I agree. The they, people want to have a safe investment that they can see and feel and touch and that they know is going to bring them a steady income in their retirement if they're investors. But also, you know, everyone is, is invested in real estate, even if they're renting. They're just invested in someone else's real estate. So let's talk about, you know, the fluctuation of the market this year. We, we did see 
Obviously, the run-up of things like townhomes, semi-detached, definitely the detached market, very, very strong. We had seen, obviously, pressure on the condominium market last year. You know, it did take a little bit of a dip, but we did see a rebound. Where do you see these different markets going moving forward, let's say, through 2022? How do we finish off with 2021? Well, 2021, right now, we are at, uh, I would say, record low inventory levels and that is there's there's just not as many homes out there as people want so i think that the need for more uh, properties for sale would be a great thing so i think encouraging development and building although it takes some time to go through the system i think uh, speeding that up would be beneficial because there's not enough homes out there and more people want to get into the real estate market than we have uh, homes available unfortunately so condominiums, you know, as you and I both know, we've watched the cranes in the sky. We see still developments coming out. You know, the builders are saying that people are still very attracted to brand new construction, looking at, you know, the avenue of three to five years from now for completion. Do you think people are speculating or do you think that this is, you know, and, and, and speculation meaning when, when I say that, I mean more of a flip uh, position or are people actually realizing that, you know, five years from now, real estate's going to be worth more and it's going to be a good thing to hold and rent? You know, I think there's a, a little bit of both. Uh, there's investors out there who, you know, obviously they want to put their money into real estate because it's been a, a store of value and it's been going up consistently over the years. Uh, but there are a lot of homeowners who need a place to live and they're just going to be saving up and hoping that when the property is ready, they'll have their own you know, home and roof over their head. So uh, I would say it's, it's a multitude of uh, all, all parties, you know, combining to buy that that new development. So let's talk about, you know, the federal election and what impact it had on housing this year. You know, right now, the provincial election is revving up and, you know, hottest topic again, seems like housing. And during the federal election, a lot of lot of promises being made on new construction, you know, trying to enable first time buyers to get in the marketplace. You know, you and I watched kind of that epic fail in 2019 when they launched that partnership with CMHC. How do we solve this, Frank? I mean, you know, you have been in the business for so long. You know, I always keep saying, and I'm sure if you tune in, you'll hear me always squawking about the fact we have a lack of inventory. You know, prices are rising because of it. You know, is there a solution? Because we there, there, there's not one one solution that'll fit all, but there's got to be some out there. You know, what are we what are we going to do to make this better? You know, there's a lot of things coming down the pipeline in the world, and it's changing quite a bit. Um, I think that. The government, uh, although they want to help, I mean, you got to be very careful when they stepped in before in the past, you know, you, you, you fix a symptom, but you don't fix the problem. And so I think the problem can be supply. And so streamlining the process and making it easier to get those uh, approvals done for building is a great thing. And also, we're not looking at a, a more, you know, narrow development. We're talking about a larger one. Uh, I think the what I've noticed this year that's been very, very apparent is that people are moving far and wide. So the reach uh, of the consumers move is, you know, all over Southern Ontario. It's no longer just we're talking about Toronto, the GTA. So if we take a look at the, the as, as you mentioned, you know, the broader spectrum, a little bit more of the outer markets, that's what I call them. You know, it could be an hour or two, maybe even three hours out of Toronto. We've watched those numbers increase significantly this year. In fact, greater than any other year. 
but you know, one of the things I've always commented is that the brick and mortar was undervalued in these marketplaces. And now we're seeing, you know, people are still be, being able to buy, you know, a detached home in London, Ontario for, you know, four or $500,000, which is a far cry from what we're looking at here in the GTA. Do you see the switch in the, during the pandemic with the people working more from home? Do you think that this is a big part of the driver for us? Uh, absolutely. And I, I think that that's going to be evolving and continuing to adjust and, and change over time. So I don't think the government has to, you know, really do a whole lot in the long run. I think the market will take care of itself where demand is needed. They will be building more and where it's not, uh, they'll build less. And so you're going to see a shift of people moving for, to different areas because they can work remotely. And even companies may have changed their strategies in terms of where they're at head offices are located, and uh, what they're going to do going forward. I know of companies that have gone all virtual, and they've actually closed down their offices and they're working from home. So that may be a, a bigger trend. And I know that there's been a tremendous amount of uh, loss of, of, of density for workers in the city. Uh, if you're aware of the path, there's an underground path in the city where there was a lot of hustle and bustle going down. Unfortunately, that's taken a big hit, and a lot of stores down there have closed down. So let's talk about one important thing uh, in the horizon, increase in interest rates. Bank of Canada is saying that we're going up you know, in the new year. What do you think that's going to have an effect on the market? It has to have an effect on the market, and that will, that will be something that will um, maybe settle it down a little bit in the sense that the cost of borrowing will be a little bit higher, so people will only be able to borrow a certain amount of money and they won't be able to get as much and that will put a little bit of downward pressure on on, on the pricing which means that it's not going to go up as much it's not i don't think that there's enough um of a of a uh, pressure unless it really goes up that it's going to change the, the direction of the pricing but it may slow it down a bit yeah well, you know, Frank, it's always interesting to get your perspective on this. If we're looking at 2022, um, would you say that we're going to still see price increases right now? Some of the experts are calling between 5 and 10%. You know, is there enough gas in the tank for that to happen? Absolutely. Um, currently, as I mentioned to you, we have uh, inventory that is not even, you know, three weeks uh, of, of inventory for the market. So um, that 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 needs to increase to about four, five, six months before we start seeing you know the reverse. Right. Well, listen, Frank. Um, always a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, you know, I know that uh, you you and your team have had an incredible year. Uh, what is the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Well, uh, thank you, Todd. Uh, GetLeo.com is my website. If they have any questions, that's G-E-T-L-E-O.com. and uh, I really appreciate what you're doing giving us all this information on a weekly basis. So keep it up and continue success to you as well. Thank you so much, Frank, and have a wonderful holiday season. And we'll definitely be talking to you in the new year. All the best. Happy holidays. And that's a wrap for this week. Um, Speaking of wrap, I hope everybody's getting the wrapping done as we approach the holiday season. I do want to thank Frank Leo, though. Um, He's very, very busy, and it's great to have him on the show again. It's been a little while. And Dave Butler, as usual, always great. Um, I try to keep Dave on on a regular basis, you know, from BM Select, because he's definitely got the knowledge and is, is he's just constantly working it and doing it. So it's great to have him join me. Um, so, you know what, as I mentioned earlier in the show, we do have our Simple Real Estate Investment Webinar coming up on Thursday, January the 6th. 
And that is in the new year, um, 7 p.m. Go to thesimpleinvestor.com to register. And if you are not following me on Instagram, the Simple Investor one I do want to thank Ian Grant. He does and has made this simple for me for years. And I do want to thank you for tuning in every single week. You do make us the number one real estate talk show. And of course, I will be back next Sunday, a usual time, usual channel. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.